Welcome to Bible Connections, an audio resource seeking to connect us to the Bible and the Bible to our daily lives. So we are going through a journey in the book of Matthew, and I'm glad that you're joining us. Um, I'm now in Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to get into a very difficult part right off the bat in the Gospel of Matthew. The context has been, you know, the wise men have been coming to talk with Herod. They find Jesus. They give Jesus these gifts, and they're warned um, about Herod's ulterior motives. Herod tells them, hey, when you find this child, this king, let me know who, where he is, who he is, so that I can go and worship him. But of course, he didn't want to do that. And uh, just a little bit of a historical background. Uh, secular sources tell us a little bit about Herod, King Herod. Um, he was a paranoid about um, getting dethroned, taken off the throne. Uh, his wife, he thought he was being, starting to become suspicious that his wife was trying to put their two sons on the throne, one of the two sons, to replace him on the throne. And you know what he did? He killed her. And then he killed his sons too. So he had no second thoughts in eradicating anyone that he thought was going to take him out of power. So this is a little bit of background to a very difficult part of the nativity story. You will most likely never see this part of the nativity story during Christmas in any church. They may mention it, but it's painful. Because when Herod recognizes months go by, a year goes by, uh, probably two years, we can guesstimate that that's how long it took uh, before Herod finally decided to act, is the fact that he went and ordered the slaughtering of children two years and under in the region of Bethlehem. Now that is a very difficult thing to read because in, on account of Jesus' birth, these babies now uh, have nothing to do with this, are now being slaughtered. And that's how the, my Bible has uh, titled it, um, Herod Slaughters Babies. Now, of course, the Bible is not justifying or saying that this you know, was a necessary thing. The Bible is simply telling us things that happen. And there's a reason for it. Chapter 1 has already set the stage for all these things that are going to be um, recorded for us. Chapter 1 told us that the reason Jesus was born, the reason his name would be Jesus, was because he would save people not from tyrants, not from paranoid kings. He would save his people from their sins. That's verse 21. Now that, for me, is a huge answer as to how this could have happened. Um, Herod, he reacted. He reacted in paranoia, and he did something horrendous. And you know what? He's not the only one. Uh, when we read and the news began to unearth everything that Saddam Hussein had done to the people around him and sometimes to his own people, when we begin to read what other world leaders have done you know, in other societies throughout history. Even what the church has done, right, during the Inquisition. It's very painful history. And it reveals a, a, a reason why the gospel begins with this, the genealogy of broken people and Jesus coming to save us from our sins. Um, sin makes us into insecure, impulsive, angry monsters. 
that's the reality of how the Gospel of Matthew is beginning to paint us. Now, you may not say, I would never do what Herod does. And yes, neither would I, thank God. We would not be inclined to slaughtering babies. But how am I when it comes to impulsivity of anger? How do I manage my anger? How about my insecurities? If someone is going to get promoted and I'm not, if someone gets a raise and I don't, if someone ends up going out with a young man or young lady that I'm interested in, if my wife has an affair on me, if my husband is caught with someone else, and my insecurities are touched to the very depth, how do I react? Now, Herod, you could say, you know, he wanted to secure his position. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have job security, but the ends does not justify the means. And he certainly turned into a monster because there's a, there's a problem in his heart. And the problem is sin. And God will not arbitrarily you know, try to remove this without a consent, without a cooperation with the human being. And Herod would have, could have decided to relate to this whole thing differently. And the tension that this brings out is played out throughout the rest of the gospel. The tension of a, a savior coming to earth and individuals not wanting to be saved, wrestling with the resistance of this salvation from sin. You know, I, tr I try to think of you know, other individuals like David. He was a hero. Uh, you can read about his story in the books of Samuel. First and second Samuel in the Old Testament. But David, the Bible tells us, went from being a hero to he himself being a murderer. Solomon, wise man that, you know, at the beginning of his reign rescued a baby from, you know, being usurped by a wrong mother, you know, trying to, these two prostitutes, you can read about it, I'm not going to tell you all the stories, or if you're curious, uh, message me, and I'll tell you the, the background of this horrendous story, that very, you know, delicate situation, and King Solomon had the wisdom to save this baby's life and return him, he found a way to return him to his legitimate mother. This same Solomon, when he was not intentional in allowing God to continually save him from his sins. He turned into a monster himself. He turned into a, a despot, sensual monster that allowed violence and even violence toward children to take place in his kingdom under the name of worship. You can read about that horrendous story in the Old Testament, in the, in the First Kings, the book of First Kings. So, God you could liken him to someone, um, two individuals going into, you know, an area where there's an epidemic and you have two choices. You can either try to help people cope with the symptoms, find ways to alleviate the symptoms and only relate to the symptoms or you earnestly, earnestly seek to provide the cure. You address the real issue. And so, I mean, I read about, you know, Bill Gates donating, you know, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to provide nets uh, for regions in Africa to prevent malaria, the spread of malaria and how destructive it is, which is great. But he's also investing even more money trying to develop a cure for it because he knows that all the nets that he can provide will not get rid of the disease. And so you could say, why didn't, why didn't God just send a lightning bolt and destroy Herod? Well, he would have addressed <laughs> that mosquito, if you want to you know, transition from the malaria issue, 
but Herod was just was just a carrier. Just like you know, you have an entire region in which all the mosquitoes carry malaria. We have a planet in which every human being carries sin already in our hearts. We all carry this tremendous potential of being monsters. Sin does that to us. You read Genesis chapter um, 4 and how quickly things went horribly wrong in the first family recorded in the Bible. How one brother slaughtered his other brother for no reason other than anger. Anger. So the issue here is this mysterious thing called sin that we will develop further as we go along. But the Bible doesn't spend time with just this, the problem. Right off the bat, the Gospel of Matthew tells us, you and I need to feel, do not, we do not need to feel hopeless. We can recognize the brokenness in our lives. We can recognize how we do not manage anger as we should. But there is a solution. The solution is not anger management, it's being saved from sin. And that's where Jesus comes in. And I hope you'll stick around through the rest of these episodes, because that's what we're going to be focusing on. How the Gospel of Matthew reveals Jesus as the one who saves us from our sins, as the one who saves you from your sins.